This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Yeah. 119 to 108. It's a final now at Crypto.com Arena. The Nuggets closed on a 26 to 14 run and now lead three games to none. Just got to get one. It's one game uh, series for us. They toyed with the Los Angeles Lakers. And as a result, the Denver Nuggets have brought broomsticks to Southern California. They're on the verge of sweeping this team. Whether the Lakers win game four or not, they're probably losing this series in four or five games. What's good with you on this Monday? You got Canty and Carlin, or in this case, you got Aaron Goldhammer. That's him, Freddie Cohen. That's me. And for the guys today, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in. Always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away from maybe a reunion involving Kyrie Irving and LeBron James in Los Angeles. Hey, the thought could be there. It's driving Aaron Goldhammer crazy already, but we'll discuss that in about 10 minutes. But, Aaron, we look at the Los Angeles Lakers sure. down 3-0 to the Denver Nuggets. Yep. And you made the point before we got started today how washed LeBron James looked, not just in game one, but in game two and in game three down the stretch. His numbers are good, but not LeBron James good. And I, when you said that, the first thought that popped in my head was, I wonder if we've seen the last of LeBron James winning a championship in yeah. the NBA. Well, I think the first thing we should say here is that the Lakers have overachieved to get to this point, haven't they? They started 2-10. and ten. I mean, come on. So to get to the conference finals for them is pretty impressive. Um, I just think LeBron looks injured, Freddie. I, I think that foot, yeah. which two doctors told him to get operated on, and he said no, and he went to the famous LeBron James of feet, you know, to get him back cleared and able to play, I just don't think he has the same burst and lift. And he's also 38 years old. Yep. So I think that's a stacking. Then they asked him, Freddie, think about this. They, they said, we're going to have you guard the other team's best player for the majority of the game. Yeah. We're going to have you handle the ball because D'Angelo Russell can't play in this series. Oof. We're going to need you to score 30 and grab 10 rebounds. Okay, 28-year-old LeBron could have handled all of that. Sure. 38-year-old LeBron, mm-hmm. I just think as much as it, it's, he's, it's like an unfair ask of him at this point to carry that level of load. The Lakers have fought hard in this series. I mean, give them credit. They didn't do what Boston did. But I just think ultimately they're overmatched in part because they can't count on LeBron to be superhuman. Because father time has never lost a battle, period. I don't care how great you've been. And for my money, LeBron James is the greatest athlete that's played in the NBA with that kind of athleticism that he's brought to the table. Can fly, can handle the ball, has improved his jump shot, rebounding, everything. He is a genetic freak in the history of the NBA. Yep. But I thought Stephen A. Smith on first take said it best. As great as he still is, maybe not LeBron James great, but still great. Uh, him getting a fifth ring, uh, he doesn't like his chances. How can I definitively sit here when I'm looking at Denver who ain't going anywhere? Yeah. They're just rising. How can I look at them? How can I look at Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant wondering if they're going to get additional assets to Phoenix? How can I look at some of these other teams and go like this? Oh, the Lakers could take them. I can't do that. So my answer would be, is this LeBron's last shot at a fifth ring? Yeah. I can't see him getting a fifth ring, especially if they continue to ask him, to your point, Aaron, mm. to do those kind of things. Now, maybe if he has to take a more subservient role. Sure. But but can you rely on Anthony Davis to be that yeah, Batman well, if you're going to be the Robin when it comes to LeBron James in Los Angeles? Let me just throw a hypothetical. I mean, LeBron may have like another four or five years left. It's not like 
that there were times this year when he was healthy, Freddie, that he was putting up averaging 30 points a game the most of his whole career. So I think that's worth mentioning. To me, I think there is a way where he could be the sixth man. I mean, imagine having him come off the bench and be your your 20, 25 minutes a night type of guy and that he could win a championship team, a championship on a team, excuse me, like that. Mm-hmm. I think he's done winning finals MVPs, okay. but I can't definitively say he's done winning championships. Uh, here's why I can say that here, Aaron Goldhammer, Freddie Coleman, and for the guys, Dan Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, because LeBron James is used to a certain level. I think him becoming a six-man goes against everything that he has been able to accomplish, yeah. not just in terms of on the basketball court, Aaron, but even ego-wise. Some guys can handle being a six-man. But when you've been that world kind, worldwide kind of caliber superstar mm-hmm. and just be a six-man, you might want to do it on the Olympic team. You might want to do that on your son's you know, summer basketball team. In the <laughs> NBA, when you're LeBron James, I'll say, hey, LeBron, for the good of the team, act like Russell Westbrook and come off the bench. Uh, That'd be Freddie, scorched earth right there, my friend. He's he doesn't have that like at kind of attitude though. Like what makes That's him fair. unique as a player okay. is that I think he's always passed up big shots in the fourth quarter because one of his teammates is open. I think he wants to do what's best for the team, and as long as he's capable of playing, I think he could be on a winning team. Okay. I mean, the, the, again, the mm-hmm. Lakers have gone a lot further than I thought they would, and I. Davis has been a real enigma. I mean, there are moments of the playoffs where he's been fantastic, and there are five-minute stretches that go by of games where I don't even know that he's on the floor. No question. But I think there is a world in which LeBron could win another title. I just don't know. I don't think you can count on him to be the focal point of a championship team. I think that's a better way of saying what Stephen A. was trying to say. Right. Is like, I don't think he could be the, the, the centerpiece of a championship team. But I, I don't know over the next four or five years what other team he might jump to to want to play with Bronny. That, could he be what Jason Kidd was to the 2011 Dallas Mavericks? I think, yeah, he could. He can. Does he want to? Well, right now that pocket is empty. If we ever get to that, then we'll deal with it. But when you're a guy, when you're a player, when you're a figure like LeBron James, and he's even said we need Anthony Davis to be our best player. I don't know if that's the guy we want to trust because you said everything that was perfect. One minute, he looks like the best big man in the league. The next second, he looks like a guy that just got it from the G League. And when you have that kind of ability and talent, uh, you can't be uh, up and down like that. You got to you got to be a dude saying, give me the bleeping basketball. I'm going to dominate this guy. We've seen him go out in the cold of Jokic, and Jokic is like just walling him off. He's like not letting him dominate him. (laughs) Then when he gets against smaller guys, sure, well, you should be able to do that. When you're big like Tarzan, you pick on the boys of the world when you're Anthony Davis. But anytime it seems like he's gone up against somebody that can give it back to him, he backs down just a little bit too much my liking based on the kind of ability he has on the basketball floor. He is a great defensive player, and he is a really good offensive player, Freddie, but... To me, the difference between really good and great, great, you get it from them every single night. Or maybe they have an aberration of a bad game, but six of the seven games in a playoff series, you count on that person to deliver, and especially in the biggest moments. Anthony Davis is not great on the offensive end. He's he's really good. He's inconsistent. His shooting is streaky. 
And I don't know. Tonight he could go for 40 and keep the Lakers alive. Wouldn't surprise me. He could me. also have an eight-point game. Wouldn't and surprise it wouldn't me. totally surprise me. <laughs> N- yes. Not at all. And either right. way, we'll see the Lakers can find a way to push it to a game five on Wednesday of this season. It's going to be over tonight, like we mentioned, game four of the Western Conference Finals, 8 o'clock Eastern time, presented by ND Covers right here on ESPN Radio and most ESPN radio stations, Series X and Channel 80. Meanwhile, here in Canty and Carlin, we got Aaron Goldhammer, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio. You can weigh in on Twitter, Hammer Nation 19, and at Coleman ESPN, or Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is LeBron James ever going to get that fifth title ring, 888-729-3776? But Aaron Goldhammer, I'll throw this at you. Uh, Not if, but when they lose to the Denver Nuggets, whether it's uh-huh. tonight, Wednesday night. Yeah. How desperate of a move will it be for the Los Angeles Lakers to reach across and say, hey, we've seen Kyrie Irving a couple of games this NBA playoff run. No. We might have to take a flyer on Kyrie Irving. No, no. I want the Lakers to be leading Sports Center. I don't want them to be leading TMZ, okay? <laughs> I, I just think that the Kyrie Irving business, Freddie, is a bad, bad business to be in. Was it bad for the Mavericks? How'd it go in Dallas? Ooh, you know, ooh. they didn't want to. By the way, what a bad look, Freddie. They were like, yeah, we don't really want a play in spot. Yeah, exactly. Well, we now have a play in team that's going to go to the NBA finals and another one in the West that's still alive, mm-hmm. you know, here. at Now they're down 3 0, but Kyrie's teams just now are constantly marred with distractions. I'm not taking anything away from his basketball talent. Right. He is the fanciest dribbler I have ever seen this side of the Harlem Globetrotters. And he hit the biggest shot in the town that I live in now in Cleveland. He hit the biggest shot in Cleveland sports history. We will always love him for that. We will always revere him for that. But at this stage in his career, I'm sorry. I just am not going to be paying him max money to do anything. I don't want him anywhere near my basketball team. Well, you mentioned the money part. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, when he was on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max this morning, he said if this is going to happen, a reunion, a peach and herb moment for LeBron James and Kyrie Irving to be back together in Los Angeles, this has to happen. The Kyrie thing with the Lakers is it's kind of up to Kyrie because I don't think they're going to be able to get to the with, unless the Dallas Mavericks help Kyrie out. I don't think they're going to be able to get to the number, the max number. And so if Kyrie Irving is willing to come for less than the max, which would enable the Lakers to keep Austin Reeves as well, I think it's something that they have to consider. Who knew that the key to this Aaron Goldhammer could be Austin Austin Reeves? Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what, Freddie? The way he's played in these playoffs, I would rather have Austin Reeves Mm -hmm. on my team than I would Kyrie. I just don't think you can win with all that he brings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know how – the word is trust. Okay. Like, I – look – you know, scoring buckets around the rim, hitting open jumpers. That's not the problem with Kyrie Irving. The problem is he is not going to be there at the moments that you need him the most. He has proven this now time and time and time again. I actually wonder, Freddie, if there was a point during his suspension this past year, um, during the whole Instagram anti-Semitism debacle, whether I was wondering whether he was ever going to play again in the NBA. I really was wondering whether anybody would want to take that risk. So I think the Lakers, especially in a market like Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and in a franchise like that, I just think it would be a total disaster if they decided to make that marriage. Nobody important hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN and Hammer Nation 19 saying Kyrie is not a cancer in the locker room. 
he's like a nuclear accident. Once you sign him, your locker room melts down. What all? I'm not saying he's wrong. Nobody important on Twitter. Aaron, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I will say this: not in defense of Kyrie Irving, based on what I've heard, based on what I've seen, a lot of players like Kyrie Irving. Whatever that is, even when he had that whole back and forth with Jalen Brown when they played together in Boston, Jalen Brown was effusive in saying, "Man, that, that's a quality guy." So I don't know if he was just saying that to be nice. Whatever that is. But yep. it's a risk because you're right. It is a risk. If I'm the Lakers, he's just like fire. You can't get too close. Yeah. You got what, Kyrie what, your what do his coaches think about him? Well, that's that's where it comes in because if what you're a coach. His, what do his GMs think about him? That's all, but if you're a GM, what are the fan bases that he's with? But think if, about if you believe that you can sell your soul for a guy like that and you're hoping it's not going to blow up in your face, there are going to be people that want to be in the market for Kyrie Irving. And if you're a Los Angeles Lakers team that you believe we get him with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and we don't have to sell our souls that much, yep. sometimes a guy like that, even though I wouldn't risk it, but that yep. does mean he's not worth the risk to somebody out there, especially if you're LeBron James in the twilight, in the sunset of your career, and you believe that you can fix him. Good luck with that. But you believe you can fix him for at least one year to give you that fifth ring? A lot of people sell their souls for the devil that they sort of know when it comes to Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I, I all I, look, he complains too much to the officials, but Luca always seemed to love basketball and play with a played with a certain joy which was part of what made watching him so fun. When they traded Kyrie there this past year, he was miserable. And I, he's alluded to some things that were off the court going on with him that right. I'm not going to speculate about. Right. But aside from that, it seemed like playing with Kyrie Irving made Luka Doncic miserable instantly. Um, KD would defend Kyrie at every turn. Still does. Disappearing from the team, suspended injuries that crop up at random moments, load management, I want to play this game, I don't want to play that game, vaccination status. Like, I just went on, a, it took me 15 seconds to run down all the drama in Brooklyn. And KD was loyal to him, I think, to a fault. Because ultimately, it did not serve him well in his career. And now all of a sudden, here's Kevin Durant, you know, at 35 years old, trying to sneak his way into a third championship ring. And he might have wasted a couple of prime years of his career having Kyrie Irving's back. Normally, I don't like to say this about individuals that I don't know, but the only way you're going to fix Kyrie Irving, that's to start with him. And if he's not going to be all in outside of Kyrie Irving, you're going to get Luka Doncic having moose face at the end of last season because he wasn't happy playing basketball. You're going to get Kevin Durant defending this guy, but yet he, you, you said it right, he defends him to the hilt. But he couldn't wait to get away from Kyrie Irving. Because when all that happened last summer, Aaron, what was yeah. the first thing Kevin Durant said? Well, Kyrie Irving's got to do the best for him, and I'm going to do the best for me. I said, boy, that flipped really quickly because going into last season, you right. said you two were tied together. You two in lockstep together. You were like Siamese twins together with the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. And the minute that you wanted out, you said, man, Kyrie Irving's got to do what Kyrie Irving's got to do. If that shelf life is going to be very, very short, Yep. That's the risk you run, especially Kyrie Irving is still going to be him, and that's not conducive for anything that's going to be positive with your basketball team. You know, I, I think about what Kyrie might want. It's hard for me to put myself, Freddie, in his shoes because he just makes such erratic decisions and changes his mind on things. So, I mean, the famous last words, you know, I'm going to be a Boston Celtic or oh, yeah. whatever for the rest of my career. Not even two weeks later. Right. It, it's hard <laughs> 
to get a sense of like what he's even thinking and what he wants. I guess though he was mad in Brooklyn because he lost so much money and mm-hmm. that was on him. He didn't want to play. Uh, he didn't want to get vaccinated. He didn't want to play by the rules. Um, so, you know, he decided only to play in the road games. They brought him back just to play in the road games, but he cost himself tens of millions of dollars. And so I find it hard to believe that he's going to be willing to give back more money to play for less on the Lakers. I think he's going to prioritize getting paid this offseason as he starts to see, you know, the latter stages of his career. And the one team that can pay him the most is the team that he's on right now when it comes to right. the Dallas Mavericks. Trey in Ohio at 888-729-3776. He wants to weigh in on this with Aaron Coldhammer and Freddie Coleman on Canty and Carlin. What you got, Trey? Hey, man, I just think that – whoa, whoa, hold on. Thank you guys for having me on. My pleasure. Uh, but I just think that the narrative on Kyrie is terrible, man. I think when a guy gets with the player like LeBron and AD, he will come out, he will he will uh, produce for the Lakers, and it will be a great pickup. I mean, who wouldn't want to upgrade D-Low into Kyrie Irving? Well, like, all the other stuff is – it's understandable, but I think we're past that with him. I think he wants to play basketball. I think he wants to win another championship. Well, Trey, I'll ask you this question. Didn't we have the same conversation when James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving were together in Brooklyn? Right. I, I, I would say, honestly, I never thought that would be a good pairing. You got a bunch of B guys. K- KD was an A guy with the go to State Warriors. But what has he done besides that? He's a B guy. You would need another really good player with KD in I mean, order for him to get He's won scoring titles and MVPs when he wasn't in Golden State. I know he hasn't won a title, but sometimes just the ring counting can be frustrating. I think KD has accomplished a lot in his career outside of being in Golden State. I would never consider Kevin Durant a B player. <laughs> if you want to consider Kevin Durant a B player compared like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I might buy that. Yes. Going He's back one, in history. He, KD is probably, Freddie, one of the 15 best guys in NBA history. Oh, there's no doubt. It's, I mean, even even when he's not been healthy. And think about how the narrative would be different Kevin Durant if his shoe size was different when they lost Game 7 in overtime to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. If his shoe size is different, he hits that shot, they win the game. Who knows what happens? Yeah, maybe, maybe they win the title. Maybe they win the title. All of a sudden, Kyrie Irving's not Kyrie Irving anymore because they show they can win without him. Maybe yeah. he's the good soldier. Maybe right. he's like, hey, I don't want this team to win another championship yep. without me. Maybe Milwaukee moves off of Mike Boonholzer before yep. that because he was on thin ice. Maybe Giannis goes somewhere else. That half, shoe size determines so many different things. They say the inches, the half inches, exactly. the tips of tippy toes yep. are make all the difference in the world. You know, to me, one last thing on just this Kyrie Laker thing I wanted to run by you. Okay. You know, to me, it feels like a desperation move. Complete desperation. Absolutely. If you have other options, you don't do it. Like Dallas, they're looking at the end of the Luka tenure. Is he healthy? Is he he happy there? Is he going to want to stay there long term? Yeah. They had to get rid of Porzingis. Then they lost Jalen Brunson. Their fan base was ripping them. Mm -hmm. Desperate. The Lakers right now, after this playoff run, to me, they don't need to be desperate. Exactly. So that's why I don't think this is a good fit. The question is, and, you know, how much LeBron is going to have some say-so on that? Because if he wants Kyrie Irving, Rob Palenka will make it happen. If he doesn't want Kyrie Irving, they'll move on to somebody else. But either Uh way, they make a run for him, that word desperation will be in the middle name of the Los Angeles Lakers. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Freddie coming in for the guys in Canty and Carlin. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in in the ESPN app. And staying in Los Angeles, what is the mood in that fair city? 
with their Lakers down 3-0 to those Denver can't stop scoring nuggets. We'll get to that. The Aaron has this from FanDuel. Folks, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Go to FanDuel.com slash play and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The NBA Playoffs. Pass to the right, Murray. Open three with Schroeder falling down, and there goes the drought. Murray ends his drought. He's got 33. We've had a hit for the time we have on playoffs, and we're able to keep him at a distance for most of the game, so I just felt like we executed him throughout the game and hit first. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs on Canty and Carlin. Freddie Coleman and Aaron Goldhammer in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Denver Nuggets one game away from going to the NBA Finals for the first time. Game 4 tonight happening in Los Angeles, covered on ESPN Radio at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Let's bring in Ramona, meaning Ramona Shelburne, ESPN NBA reporter, does a great job as always. Hit us on Twitter at Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, their team is down 3 nothing in Los Angeles. What is the mood slash temperature of Laker fans going into a potential elimination game tonight? You know, I think there was sort of a um, collective dis- disbelief after that game three. Um, I don't. There was a, there was a little worry after they lost the first two, but I think everybody just assumed and that LeBron was not going to let the team lose in game three. He's done that all season long when they've had these like must win games, and it just didn't happen in game three. And it was it's 
it's all, I don't know if you can quite appreciate how quickly this is all happening because these games are every other day. So even a week ago that they had, they were celebrating being in the Western conference finals, right? Like, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's, you're on the brink of elimination and it's, it's so quick. There's just no rest there's no time in between these games. Like there was a sort of, coronation that happened after beating the the Warriors because you knocked out the defending champs because of the, all the hoopla around that series. And it's just, the Denver series has just gone quick and it could be over soon. I mean, it's just, you look up and you're done. It's, it's amazing how fast it's happened. And I think people in LA are still kind of processing it. Ramona, you've been up close for a lot of the great moments of his career. How would you grade LeBron's performance in this series? No, um, I think he's been pretty good in this series. Like, I mean, he's because they haven't won, we're not going to remember him, right? Because they're probably, you know, I, 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 I've seen so many times where he, and especially during those last, those last finals runs in Cleveland, um, I thought those were the most incredible performances because of how little they had around him. Like, he was flat out willing those teams to win. I thought, and to me, like, the last year in Cleveland when he played all 82 games, when he played every single playoff game, that was I've, – I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a human being give that much of himself to a team in a, in a playoff run like that. So this, this year he's had a couple of remarkable games where you just kind of in awe at how, how bright he is, how well he can still play at this age – um, I thought the way he played in passing Kareem this year, like he was just at another level. But this Laker team, flat out, I, I just they look like a tired team. They look like a team that's been playing playoff basketball for basically three months because they had to dig out of that hole they were in all year long. And that's why you see these weird um, plays. Like if they lose tonight, if they go out in a sweep, I mean, all we're going to be playing is is – LeBron fumbling the dunk out of bounds on the mm. reverse jet, right? Yeah. He's played way better than that. You know, we're going to talk about the three-point shooting, I guess. You know, he was better in game three. But um, I really think, like, you have to account for the fact that they've had to put their foot down on the gas for three months, and these playoffs have not been easy either. To, to go against John Morant and, the, and a much younger Memphis Grizzlies team to take out the Warriors, that was just a lot. Great stuff by the always fantastic Ramona Shelburne, ESPN NBA reporter, joining Freddie Coleman and Garen, Aaron Goldhammer and Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When it comes to the future of the Lakers, how desperate do you think they're going to be when it comes to going after a certain guy named Kyrie Irving? I think, I think they will be interested. I think they will go after him in the sense that it's you know there's been a pr- fairly open secret for a couple of years that that um, they have interest in him and LeBron and. Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie was sitting courtside <laughs> in one of the playoff games, right? And, you know, that doesn't just happen. Like, he, Kyrie doesn't go on StubHub and go get those seats, right? Like, he's not just buying them and honestly showing up. Like, people obviously knew he was going to be there, and that's, that's in and of itself quite a statement by Kyrie Irving to just sit courtside like that. Um, and D'Angelo Russell ended up having one of his best games as a Laker. I think he won that game for them with Kyrie sitting there. So you can just see <laughs> the choice they have to make, but it's not as simple as it lays out. Like you, yes, they do have a path to go get Kyrie Irving. If they renounce everybody's rights and they let a lot of people go. But I think what everybody has seen from the trades they made and during this playoff run is that depth matters. Like the having the right pieces around LeBron and AD and not just 
having three top-heavy players, you know, stars that are top-heavy on the salary cap, and, and you put all your eggs in, in just those baskets, it's it's not a winning formula. And so I think there's interest. I think they will, you know, have some that will some kind of pursuit of Kyrie. But I think there's a there's a real strong sense they want to keep Austin Reeves. They want to keep Rui Hachimura. Um, they've got a decision to make on Vanderbilt. I think they probably do an extension with him. And so now you're talking about a sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, which is not that easy to to do. I mean, it's just he'd have to tell Dallas no, and Dallas. That's a that's a hell of a, a risk for Kyrie Irving to take because Dallas really needs to keep him. Like they they gave up so much to get Kyrie, you can't just let him leave or just participate in a sign and trade where you don't like what you get back. And I think that's more complicated than just are they interested. Ramona, who is the biggest, most powerful person now within the Lakers to make that decision? Because. I mean, to me, given what's gone on with Kyrie, it's got to be an organizational yeah. agreement that you're going to get in, in, in into a relationship here. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they uh, they were always comfortable with a short-term, you know, prove-yourself kind of arrangement with Kyrie, right? They obviously tried to trade for him several times last year, so they were comfortable with trading for him in the last year of his contract, and let's see. Uh, the question is how how comfortable are they with entering into a long term relationship with him? And I ultimately I think that comes down to ownership. Mm-hmm. I think that's that is the, the Jeannie Bus is the one who's going to write those checks, right? She has to be the one to make that call. And um, I know it's been a debate, you know, um, of of how far you go and and how um, you know that's you know obviously if they tried to trade for him, they were there was some debate in, in those discussions. But I think it's that's that's the kind of decision only a team owner should be making. And, you know, they, you, you know, you have to rely on your stars to, um, to give you input, but you know, this is, this is a management decision. This is an ownership level decision. Yeah. Right, right now they got a more important thing when it comes to game four and trying to extend their season. We'll yeah. see if they can do that tonight as they don't get swept by the Denver Nuggets. If that happens, there'll be a game five on Wednesday. No matter what happens, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN, NBA reporter, be all over. Hit her on Twitter at Ramona Shelburne, joining Freddie Coleman, Aaron Goldhammer, and Canty and Carlin. Always a pleasure with the, talk to you, Ramona. Take care and enjoy the game tonight, Thanks, too. All right. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting real quick, Aaron, about how the crowd, because she mentioned it, they're, they're, they're cautiously optimistic. With their team down three nothing, but they were dead in the water watching on Saturday night when it was only a two nothing series. Right. Well, I mean, I guess I'll put it this way, Fred. If LeBron pulls off this comeback, okay, he's the goat. Deal? No deal. I'm not. Getting, I'm not getting in the middle of that. You and those Michael Jordan stands can go at each other on the Twitter Quidditch playground when it comes to that kind of conversation but i'm just saying of all the accomplishments (laughs) at 38 to come back from three nothing down he'll be that would be yeah yeah, he'll be more of a mythic figure i don't discount that but that whole harry potter and the goblet of fire that you want to go to involving michael jordan uh, no no i'm staying out of that one triple eight say yes oh no no wait wait, wait, don't do that Eric Goldhammer, Freddie Coleman together for the guys on Canty and Carlin. See, this is why we can't have nice things. By the way, don't forget, anytime you join us, you can do that on Twitter at Hammer19, Hammer Nation19. That's Aaron's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget, Canty and Carlin brought you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The NFL did something that it had dinner before last season, probably could have helped out the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio. Hey, I'm Harry Potter. 
This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. He's Aaron Goldham. I'm Freddie Coleman. And for the guys today on Canty and Carlin, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, tune in. And I always tell you, a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So two rule changes have gotten everybody's attention. The first one's the obvious one, Aaron, where yeah. you're going to be allowed to carry three quarterbacks. If one's an emergency quarterback but not yes. able to play, yeah. but if something happens, you can bring him in. The coaches can't, let's say, have a guy on standby. If he's going to get in there and play, then if the guy's ready to play and get back in there, then he goes back to the bench. But either way, that'll prevent a San Francisco 49ers-Eagles situation where we had the NFC Championship game where both their starting quarterbacks got knocked out. Well, I guess, I mean, uh, this is a good thing because nobody wants to see one-armed quarterbacks handing off mm-hmm. with the conference championship on the line. Freddie, it ruined that game, did it not? I mean, I, Well, the Eagles ruined that game by knocking out their quarterbacks. <laughs> well, they, I mean, but, but ultimately, the fact that they had to play a quarterback who literally couldn't throw. I mean, yeah. they were handing off on third and 13 and stuff, mm-hmm. trying to come up with some creative way to have Christian McCaffrey throw passes. Yeah. So I think when that happens in a regular season game, the NFL let it slide. When it happens in the NFC Championship game, they are going to pass a rule mm-hmm. to make sure that it never happens again. Now, let's be clear. The emergency third quarterback is not part of the 46 right. or 47 guys that get rostered on yeah. game day. Right. And you can only go to that player in the event of an emergency where both quarterbacks get hurt. Mm -hmm. If one quarterback gets tossed for personal foul penalties, that doesn't, you can't go to your emergency quarterback. There's a very specific set of rules here. And especially if you carry three quarterbacks that day, then that counts against your roster spot. But most NFL teams carry two quarterbacks, but at least they have that contingency plan. Now, the other rule change that maybe is not going to happen has got people up in arms. There's been a proposal approved by the competition committee uh-huh. that was tabled by the owners in March that will allow fair catches inside the 25-yard line to be ruled as touchbacks with the ball being spotted at the 25. Right. They had this proposal excuse me, in response to an uptick in concussions on kickoffs over the last three seasons. 10 happened in 2020, 14 in 2021, and 19 last season. Now, they've tabled that, and they say they may discuss it tomorrow but they've gotten a lot of pushback where if they're getting pushback on Monday and they say we're waiting until Tuesday, this may not come for a vote at all the owners' meetings after Tuesday. Can I explain? I think I know why there's an uptick, and it's because I've seen a lot of teams, Freddie, now kick the ball short because they think that they can make the tackle or force a turnover right. before the returner gets to the 25. And then the more action you see, nobody gets concussed on a touchback, guaranteed, right? I mean, <laughs> the last time that you is, checked, yes. that's a little calisthenics. That's, right. that, n- nobody's going to get hurt on that play in all likelihood. So it, it, to me, if they're going to do this fair catch thing, just get rid of the kickoff altogether and start on the 25. Thank you. Well, b- because what are we doing? Right. And, and so football is inherently dangerous. I think everybody who plays knows that there is a chance that they are going to get concussed. Guess what? They're never going to completely eliminate concussions from the game. So if you don't want to get concussed, then don't play. But it comes with the territory to some degree. I like putting the ball at the 25 on a touchback mm-hmm. because it just means less guys are going to be idiotic about returning it out of the end zone. Right. But on a pop-up kick, the kickoff still has to be part of football. I don't want that play eliminated from the sport entirely. I'm still trying to figure out why they're willing to die on this hill to eliminate a part of the game that brings a lot of excitement, especially if a guy's about to break one and you don't know if he's going to do it or somebody's going to catch him, especially when 
football is always going to be not just a contact sport. It's always going to be a violent sport. Yeah. Played by people with a violent attitude because you need that kind of attitude when you're out there. I don't care what kind of position you're playing, especially in the National Football League. Yep. I just find it very strange, Aaron, that this is the kind of hill that they're willing to plant their flag and say, you can yep. try to invade us, but we're going to repel any kind of invasion because we're keeping this in place. I mean, given in, in the wake of the DeMar Hamlin situation, okay, and it's it's amazing that he's back and that it looks like he's going to play football again. It's truly incredible. But I think more important than actually caring a lot about player safety, Freddie, is making it look like yeah. you really care a lot about player safety. And I think the NFL is is invested most in money, but also yes. they're invested in at least wanting to give off the optic that they're very interested in what's going on with concussions and keeping players safe. They love two things, money and power. And however they can stand to keep it and accumulate more of it, they're going to do that, and everybody knows it, and there's nothing that anybody can do about that. One of the usual dudes that hosts this show will speak on upcoming Heat versus Nuggets NBA Finals Series, and he doesn't like it. That's next on Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.